Well, get your Bible out and go to 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to show you, I have a, what do you call it when you, not show and tell. Anyway, I, I want to show you, um, I didn't bring my regular big Bible that I always preach out of Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I left it at home, and I brought a different Bible. And tonight we're going to talk about why Jesus. Why did he come? Why do we believe in him? Why do we preach Jesus? Why? Now you might think, well, we, we know that. I know you do. But do you know how to share it? Have you studied it? Can you do it? Now, many Christians don't, can't. What, what inspired Justin and I the other day, we were in my office and we got to brainstorming, was that every time he's been out witnessing and, and I've been sharing the gospel, there's always people who have a question, why? And, and I, I want you to know, how do you answer why? Do you know when someone says why? Then you can go, oh, I can tell you that. And so, that naturally, last week, Justin kicked it off. Why, Holy Spirit, why, why, why do we believe in tongues? Why do we believe in it? Is it a Pentecostal doctrine or is it Bible? And if it is, why, why do we push it? Why do we stress it? Because we've got a lot of people, friends, family, in-laws, outlaws, that don't believe it. And they're asking you questions, and I want you to be able to say, well, let me show you why. So Justin answered that. We're going to talk about why Jesus. Now, I listen to people, and uh, let me back up a minute and talk to you about Justin. Justin had a neighbor, and, and the neighbor has a boy that speaks very good English. And he said, I believe in Jesus. I've heard about all Jesus. But he said, I don't understand why I have to believe in Jesus. I don't understand you know, what does that mean? He died on the cross for me. He didn't know how to connect. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to being born again. Yeah. He, he did not, huh? He said, yeah, he said, Jesus died. What does that mean to me? And so very often, and, and I have, I have been, I get, I don't want to use the word deceived. I've, I've been in the place where I get around people and I really think that the people I'm hanging around with are born-again Christians. Yeah. And then later I go, wait a minute, hold on, stop. What did you just say? Well, I'm a good person. Okay, I believe that, but, you know, how do you get saved? Well, I believe in God. I said, well, Satan believes in God. You know, it's amazing to me when you get around people and you're like, I mean, good people, they go to church. I was in the Bahamas once. And I'm walking along, and I'm passing out flyers, and I'm, and I'm talking about the Jesus f film that night. We, there was a big fig tree on, on one of the islands, and we would set up the camera right on the ocean and, and show it, and the breeze would blow, and people would gather around in the beach, and I'd show it, and people get born again. And I'm walking down the road uh, that afternoon, talking to people, inviting them to, to come to the Jesus film, and there's a, there's a very precious old lady sitting there and she's shredding coconut for coconut and rice. Now, in, in the Bahamas, the people will invite you in. I mean, you can walk down the road and you go, I'm, I want some of that. And they go, come on in. I mean, it's just like you could live there, you know. 
And um, she's like, hey, come on over and have some coconut and rice. And I didn't eat any of them. But, but I sat down and I'm talking to her for a few minutes. And I, and I said, we have a Jesus film tonight. And, and she said, I'll go to church. And I said, okay. And I'm assuming she's Christian. I'm assuming she's Christian. And after talking to her for a few minutes, I realized that she had never prayed the sinner's prayer. She'd never been born again. And she had no idea how. But yet, she's probably 85, 86, 87, 90. And she's been in church every, every Sunday since the day she was a child. And she wasn't born again. And I went, well, let's get a Bible and let's talk. So I brought my old Bible. This is the one I've had since the 80s. And it's leather, but the whole front of it's even coming off. And it's gotten wet in my pocket a few times. And a lot of the ink in the, in the ink pen is shredded. But I, I brought it because I want you to know that when I'm out witnessing, this is what I look like. I don't carry a Bible because I need it. I carry a Bible because you need it. And when I'm talking to you about something in the Bible... I will actually open it up so that you will not think that I'm giving you my opinion. And I, you may not understand what I'm saying to you right now, but this is huge. And I'll stop and I'll go, hey, you know, I mean, do me a favor. And I want you to read that. For God so loved the world. Come on. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What is everlasting life? Never dying. What, sinners? The space, the space, the, the space suit here on the earth is, is dead. Yeah. The rest of it's still alive. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm not going to keep picking on him. I'm making him a little bit nervous. <laughs> but I'm showing you what I do and why I do what I do. Because if you don't learn to do this... You're sitting around praying for people and praying for people and praying for people. Folks, they're not going to get saved just because you're praying for them. You're going to have to open up a book and say, have you ever read this? And I ask people questions like, what's a Christian? What is a Christian? And I get everything from a per someone who believes in God. Um, you know, they go to church. Um, rarely do I ever hear people say, Someone who believes Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And it might be that they're born again. But you have to understand something. 99% of the people you know that go to denominational church can't tell you what they believe. And they can't even find it in that book. And so you and I have a job ahead of us. So even though we just had a crusade the other day, or the, the event, I call it an event, which um, we're, we're working on, on what, what we did right, what we did, we could do better. But I've got, a, I got a, a goal in mind that the next time we do one, we're not going to burn through it. And we're going to have an altar call, and I'm going to gather a whole lot of you guys to come up. And I'm going to have you, you see that man right there, you go sit with that guy. While he's praying, and I want you to open a Bible to him, and I'm and I mean we're we're going to need people who speak Spanish. We're going to need a people who who speak maybe a few people who speak Creole, and we're going to have to. And I'm going to train you. Uh, so let me let me slow up here because I'm just following the spirit. When I was when I first got born again, I watched a Billy Graham crusade, 
And when they started singing, just as I am, the Holy Ghost said, the people standing up are not sinners. Did y'all know that? Holy Ghost showed me that Billy Graham had Christians everywhere stand. And as they worked their way to the front, the sinners thought, well, I can get lost in that crowd. And they jumped up and went with them. But when they got down there, they found out that as they're praying the prayer, the man that walked up ahead of them opens up a Bible and stands there with them to show them what he's talking about. And Billy Graham used an enormous amount of wisdom when he did crusades. And a lot of people would get up and walk forward and get born again. And I'm starting to think seriously about how we do it and what should we do and how can we do better. But, but at the same time, I can't live from crusade to crusade. I want to I make sure that you guys know how to do this. Do you know how to do this? So I want you to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 with me. And um, I also have a second Bible. And it's, it's because anytime you have a Bible, you need to understand you're wearing it out. Thank you. So I have a second one. Now look at this one. Look at this. That's it. I don't have to walk around. I don't have to go in a hospital with a big old Bible. I don't need all, I don't need to open up and say, we're going to look through 14 scriptures in the hospital. We're going to, you're going to find out that the average person will hang with you for maximum four. That's a good day. Sometimes one. Are you ready to give them one scripture? That can change their life. Are you ready? Because, because, and I'm going to show you in a minute why this is. Why do we need to show them the word of God? Let me just, John 3, 16, for God so loved the word, gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him, not shall not perish, have everlasting life. The, he the, came into the earth so that we're not damned. We're not damned. We're not damned. The average lost person, I'm going to say lost person, knows he's damned. And you scare him. Because he thinks you're fixing to heap damnation on him again. And when you say, Jesus, he's, I, I'm, I'm, I go to church. And he's going to hell. And you're standing there letting him tell you he don't want to talk. And you're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me ask you a question. And talk to him for a minute. Because you need to love people enough to go, uh, I can help you. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? And then they have all these thoughts. Well, that's, that's what, and here's their next question. What church do you go to? That's not even the right question. Someone says, what, what kind of church do you go to? A good one? Oh, you know, that's not what I mean. Because they want to make sure I'm not a Jehovah witness. They, you know, they don't, they don't know enough to know whether I'm lying to them or not. That's why you need one of these. I don't, I'm not giving you, I'm not going to read my opinion to you. I'm going to read, we're going to read this. And it looks like the one you have at home on, the, on your counter that's huge, that your grandmother put, you know, birthdays and anniversaries in, that you've never opened up a day in your life. Amen. So, so you, we need to start getting serious about talking to people. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to read this, and then we're going to elaborate on it. And this is not one of the scriptures you're going to show them. This is for me to get you, get you started. If any man is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature, all things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. 
all things or all these things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus and given to us a ministry of reconciliation. Stop. We say that not everybody is called to fivefold, and you're not. It is a lofty calling, but you don't need to feel bad if you're a businessman. How would I do my job if I didn't have business people? You're not less. As a matter of fact, you're closer to ministry than I am. You have employees and employers and people you work with all day. I don't have that anymore. I'm, I'm further from ministry than you are. You, you know, my head has never picked up an ink pen. But my hand has. I am not out leading people to the Lord anymore. You are. You're the hands. You're the feet. I'm not a hand. I'm a mouth. Some of y'all hadn't figured that out by now. He's, I just think he's a big mouth. Okay. It's like on the Wizard of Oz, the big talking head, you know. Oh. Okay. Um, he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's you. You have it. To wit, that means to this end, to this end. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, say not, not. Imputing, imputing their trespasses to them. Trespasses. Folks, that's the gospel, but that's not being preached now. We're not out there to prove to them they're going to hell. They already know they're going to hell. They already know they're a sinner. We're not trying to convince them of that. They're aware of it. But our job is to reconcile them to God, and you have to know what Jesus did so you can show them how to bridge that gap and how to get in faith. How do I do that? They don't know. That's why it says, go into all the world and preach good news to people, because if you don't preach to them, they won't know. And you might say, wait a minute, I, you know, I don't like knocking on doors. I don't, I hate knocking on doors. But, but you know, but I've worked secular jobs and, and, and let me, let me, let me qualify a statement here. When you work with people, there are people who you never interact with for whatever reason, you know, they're there. It's like a painting that everything on it's black but there's one colored house or, or one person who has on blue and green and yellow and they, they, they colored one person. We have people in our lives that for whatever reason, we bump into them all the time. And there's others we don't. These are the ones God is sending. You're, you're, we don't have to be responsible for every lost person on the planet, but you do need to be responsible for the ones that you're at your desk and they come along and they want to talk to you about their kids and, and, they're, and, and they're begging you, get me saved. Tell me about Jesus. And, and you don't have to start cramming Jesus down their throat. You just need to understand that you've been given the ministry of reconciliation and you're not there to impute they're trespassed to them, and he has committed to us the word, I like to say the same exact word of reconciliation, that Jesus. When Jesus walked the earth, how many Christians were there? Weren't any. How did he treat them? 
Good. The ones that were hungry. The ones that weren't self-righteous. That's another, that's another, that's another subject. But we're, we're running around people all the time, and, and you're asking, how, how do we do this? Or they're wanting to know how. And so, so let, let me finish this. Um, 20, go to 20. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were pleading with you through me. You need to be reconciled to God. And so now we're going to get into how do you do that? How do you do that? Go to John 3.16. Go to John 3. And I've said this once and I'm going to say it maybe a thousand times. If you don't know any scripture in your Bible, flat memorize this one. This is enough firepower to get any heathen saved. Everything you need is in one scripture. Now, and we're going to give you three more. Because we, I like to have extra ammo. I got a, a mag in my gun, and I got a mag on my belt, and I got a mag in the truck. I mean, I don't know whether I'm going to run into one guy or, or ten. I like to have extra ammo everywhere that I go, you know. And when I'm carrying my rifle, I've got my 30 round in the gun, I've got a 30 round on my belt, and so I've got 60 rounds of 5.56, five, and I've got... Uh, what's, what's 17 times three? Um, do the math. Two, four, six, 50 something. I got 50, uh, something. I got 56, seven. I got 80, I got 80 rounds and I don't want to meet 80 people, but I'm just kind of, I always like a little extra. Thank y'all. Y'all are so fun to preach to. So, and so whenever I'm talking to someone, one scripture will do it, but I kind of like to have three or four. When you know, remember when David was fighting Goliath, he, he didn't pick up one rock. He said, uh, he got brothers. Now, see, if it had been me, I'd have gathered a whole bag of them. I said, you know, I'll just sit here a minute. I got to get a lot of rocks. I mean, I mean, Philistine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 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 nine. about two or three, you know, thousand of y'all. Okay, Lord, help me get back to this creek if I need more rocks. But right now, that's I mean, just the way I think. You know, Lisa and I are very different. My she goes to the store and buys one pack of toilet paper. I go in there and I buy one of them, two of them big giant whopper things, you know. I just hate going to the store. And I think if you're going to get toilet paper, you just get a whole lot. Yep. And I'm not hoarding. I'm just, I'm just lazy. I don't want to go back next week. Now, see, I'm that way with hamburger meat. I mean, I don't buy one pack. I buy four. I throw them in the freezer. I want to, I want to eat every day for a month if I go to the store. I just... It's the way I think. I get one of those coffee creamers about that big, and it's usually spoiled before I get done with it. But I just believe in exceeding abundantly above anything and everything. Amen. That's the way I think. So I'm going to do that with Scripture tonight. Now, here's your Scripture. Here's your Scripture, and I don't care. You Memorize this. Memorize it. Memorize it. Think about it. Pray about it. Mark it in your Bible. And I want you to show you something. When I'm, I'm, I have my Bible, not for me, but for Zach. So that when we're at the gym and he doesn't know the Lord and I'm talking to him about the Lord and, um, and we're standing there and, and, and we get, and I realize that he's, I said, hold on a minute, I'm going to show you something. And, I, and so I'm going to pull my little Bible out and I'm going to say, I want you to start reading that right now out loud. I don't care who's in the gym. Who cares who's in the gym? Who cares? That you, you know, matter of fact, I've had people gather to hear. 
Somebody's got to be bold in the world. Now, now what we're going to do, and I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to embarrass you either. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, here's why I stop. What is everlasting life? And almost always live forever. So I always ask the question, how long sinner live? Forever. You ever think about that? And I stop because you ever think about that? How long are you going to live? Forever. Where? Well, I hope heaven. Well, hope won't do it. Okay. But you understand that you will never die. Everybody that's ever lived is still alive. So what do, if, if that's true, and I'm talking to Zach now, what is eternal life? If everybody's living forever, you can't be talking about eternity. Eternal life is zoe. It's the Greek word zoe. It means the life of God. Whoever believes in Jesus has God's life. Why would you need God's life? Let me finish reading this to you. God did not send his son into the world to condemn. Now, that's a word. Nobody, in, nobody even in church knows what condemn means. Don't shout me down. I mean, we hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. And, and what, does, what does it mean? Well, the word con is with. This is English. Con with dim. It's where we get our word down. So rather than make the word condemn, let's shorten it. You're not changing the Bible. You're not a Jehovah Witness. God sent his son to the world to damn it. God did not send his son to the world to damn. The world's already damned. Everybody not born again is damned. You want to know why you're having trouble with your marriage and your family, your kids, your in-laws, your in-laws? It ain't your fault. Adam got you into this. You're damned. Everybody not saved, you're damned. You ever notice people, damn dog, damn wife, damn car, damn job? Everybody's damned. Out of the abundance of your heart and your mouth speaking, there's what's wrong with you. Now, now let me finish this. God didn't send his son into the world to damn you or to, or to judge you, but the world through you might be saved. He that believes in him is not damned. Read it, please. He that believes is not damned. Did you understand you can have, you can, you can live the rest of your life on this planet and no damnation on you now or when you die. When we're already doing good and I've only been talking to Joe here for a couple of minutes. Now let's just say he gets uncomfortable. I've, get, I've impregnated him with enough Bible to get saved. Not to preach hours. Because I just said more than most sinners have ever heard in their entire life, unless they went to a Billy Graham crusade, which they don't. They don't even know who he is. He that believes in him is not damned, and he that believed is not, he's, then he that believes not is damned already. When? Now. Not when you die, that now. Why is that? Because when Jesus died on the cross, uh, Satan is damned, and if you're in his family, you're already under judgment. But God so loved you that he sent Jesus that took your place, paid your debt. So nobody goes to hell for sinning. Now, folks, just think what, just think what I just said. Do you know how many people I've led to the Lord with, with that? I've, I've only had one person 
in my whole life go, no. <laughs> I don't want it. I'm going, no, two. I'm sorry, two. That's a pretty good record. But the only reason I'm not getting more people saved now is because I don't have your job. But if I worked where you worked, there'd be a revival going on. Because I'm not working there to make money. I'm working there to make, to bear fruit. And I thank God they're paying me to do ministry. Amen. <laughs> but I'm a light. Now, I, I don't mean I walk around every desk that I work with and say, hey, have you opened up the Bible? Now let's get your barn again. I don't do that. But I do pray, and I do pray, and I do pray. And when, uh, and when somebody walks up and goes, man, I'm going to tell you something. This week, my, my, I went to my uncle's funeral. Was he saved? And I already know he don't know what that means. I, I'm, I'm not really asking him because I care about whether he's saved or not. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm not interested in whether his uncle's saved. I'm interested in whether he's saved. But, I, but right now, I have to have some empathy. Was, was, he born, was he saved? Was he born again? Did he make heaven? And, and no, I hope so. I, I hope so. Well, you can know so. What you? What about you if you died? Are you going to see him again? Are you ever going to Well, I sure hope so. Want to know so? Want to know so? Let's pray. Now, now, here's another thing. I trick people. Why not? The Bible says make them come in. Why not trick them? Now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Because here's the next thing that I do. I said, when well, just a moment, I would like to pray for you and your family that just lost your uncle. Now, after I talk about this, I can tell he's getting antsy. And I said, well, give me your hand. Let's pray. Let's pray for your family up there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this man just went through a terrible thing. Family went through. And, I, and I, I, I mean, I'm concerned whether they're, whether they're Christians or not. And I want you to pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I want you to bless my home and bless my family. And, and, I, and I want to thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. And, that, uh, he, and, and I believe, thank you that because he died on the cross that I know I'm washed in the blood and, and, and I'm saved and I'm now a Christian. And now I pray that my family up north and I'm praying for right now would accept the same truth. Now, I got his hand. Usually if I have a waitress, I got a 20 in my hand. And she ain't turning loose of it. How am I doing? This, you need to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Now, we're, we're going through the espresso uh, salvation. We'll get into the non-espresso one in just a moment. So the fact is, is that, let me, let me finish reading this. Because the reason I'm showing you this is because there's so often, let me finish reading this, I'm going to explain something to you. And this is the damnation, light came in the world, men love darkness rather than light. The only reason people don't make heaven, the only reason is they love darkness. It isn't that they don't believe, it isn't because they don't understand, they do. So most of the time, if I read that to them and they don't get it and they say to me, which they almost always do, well... You know, my uncle was a pastor, and my mother's a Christian, and I, and I go to church sometimes. I, I go to first church down here, and we're talking Christmas and Easter. You know that. So I say, well, hold on a minute. Now, if they let me, we're going to go to Romans 3, because we're going to dive into the fact that they are a good person. And no one's ever showed them that they're not. And I'm going to say, I want you to look at me in the Romans 3. 
verse 10. Now you said I'm a good person. It says there's none righteous, no, not one. And anybody righteous. There any, there's nobody on the planet going to heaven because they're good. Not you and not anybody. All right, now I want you to write these. I want, I want you to make notes because I'm fixing to show you something. In order to get them out of this, and you have to get them out of it, you need to look at them and say, can I ask you a question? It's just a simple question. Have you ever told a lie? You ever told a lie, Amber? Yes, Amber, you ever told yes, a lie? Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? Yes. You ever had a bad thought? Well, you're an immoral, thieving liar. How you just tell me you're good? No, you're not good. <laughs> see, if you don't, if see, and what I'm showing you right now is, don't get into a one-hour debate over whether all Roberts should steal money or not. <laughs> that that has nothing to do with price of tea in China. Right now, we're talking about Jesus and you. That's all we're talking about. Now, when you're talking to people, they will get on every tangent in, on the planet with, and try to get you sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Steer the conversation. I had a brother, I had a buddy, and I was at his house one day, and uh, his name was Gray Bennett, and um, he wasn't born again. And uh, he never got, he never wanted to talk about nothing until he had a few beers. And he was always having a few beers. But I mean, when he had a few beers, he would start manifesting, you know. I'm going to ask you a question. Well, I'm going to tell you something. People can get real bold with a beer. I don't need a beer to be bold. But if you do, I would advise you to go drink before you go preach. So let me say it another way. Why don't you come to church and drink a little bit before you go preach? Yeah, maybe I should have said it that way. Maybe that's why God wants you to drink. So Gray Ben and a buddy of mine would be sitting at the house and him and his buddies and, 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 and they're sitting around and they got a case of beer and they've got about most of it gone. And, and, and I, I, I have a question. I said, well, let's go. Uh, well, what do you think about oil robbers and stealing all that money from old women? I do that good, don't I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> I said, well, is um, stealing wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's wrong. I, you ever stolen? Yeah, I've, I've stolen. I said, well, you're going to hell with oral. <laughs> Dang, I never thought of that. Well, I'm telling you this story for this reason. Anytime you're on the subject of Jesus and they want to take a loop, bring them back. We're not talking about oil. We're talking about you. And if you ha anybody that's, that's a sinner, if you, if you give them a minute, they'll hang themselves. So, so I get into Romans and I show them what it says in Romans. And I said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I said, do you understand that I just got through reading over there in John 3, 16? That every man on the earth is damned. And why is that? 
because everyone has sinned, including you. Now, let me tell you something. I understand that you've sinned, and I understand there's condemnation on you, but why do you think I'm talking to you? Because Jesus, he paid your debt. Jesus, you, you deserved to go to a cross and go to hell. And we just read, God loved you, and that he took your, he took your cross. Now, my question is, what are you going to do about it? Now, the next one that comes up, and go to Ephesians chapter 2, is the fact that my personal sins, my personal sins are sending me to hell. That's a lie. Your personal sins are not sending you to hell. Do you understand? Most Christians don't even know what I just said. What's sending you to hell is you're dead. You're dead in sin. So Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. He didn't say nobody goes to heaven but by me. So let me take a side journey here and just kind of just muddy up your whole night. There's nothing in the Bible about you living in a mansion. Oh, we don't have one. I'm pretty sure you do. There's enough people who have died and seen them. I guess there are. But in that scripture, he's not talking about he died to give you real estate. He didn't die to take you to heaven. He died. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to who? The whole reason he died on the cross is to bring you back to Father God, not to go to heaven. Uh, that's, that's, that's called making a convert, not a disciple. Because that's why they don't read their Bible and don't go to church. They don't care anything about walking with God. They just don't want to go to hell, but they don't want God either. That's not the gospel. So I'm the way, the truth, and life. Nobody goes to heaven but by me. I mean, nobody knows the Father but by me. So you understand that when, you're, when we're talking about, we're talking about the, the fact that people don't go to hell for sinning because you're dead in sin. You're dead. You're dead. It's not your dope. It's not your girlfriends. It's not your boyfriends. And you have to explain that today because that, that's another subject. So Ephesians chapter 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in sins. What are you going to do now that you're sitting here dead? You're dead. Don't die dead. You die dead, Satan's going to drag you into hell, not God. Satan's going to drag you there. Is, is that what you want? Because without Jesus, he went to the cross for you, paid your debt for you, and rose. And I'm going to show you another scripture in a minute. It's a bonus scripture. But I will read this, and then I'll look at him, and I'll say, even when you were dead in sins, he quickened you together and made you alive. For by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift. You know, anything you can do about it. You didn't, you didn't earn it. It's just something God's going to give you. But, you're going, but you need to accept him as the Lord of your life. Oh, that's how much he loves you. Now, by now, by now, if they're still listening, they're ready for Romans 10. Go to Romans 10. Now, sometimes I just jump to Romans 10 right after John 3, 16, if I see that the bass is hitting the, 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 the bait. Boy, y'all are exciting, I tell you. I like the video Justin did the other day where he put his thumb in the water and the bass hit his thumb. Now, if that had been me, I'd have grabbed that bass and caught it, but Justin's not fast enough. He's just a boy. He don't, he's, 
He was scared of a little fish biting him, and he ain't scared of another fish biting me. He grabbed my thumb. I'll shove my whole hand down his throat and grab his liver and suck him up out of the bottom of the lake. But anyway, that's the difference in dad and son. When I was a, when I was a sinner, we used to go to the river, and what we did, we called it grabbing. Um, it's illegal. It was illegal. And um, we would go down in the rocks, and people are fishing, and we'd, we had our cutoff blue jeans on and, and no, barefoot, no shirt and nothing. And we'd get down in the river, and we'd stick our hand under the rocks. And if, and if there was a hole on the other side, the fish would go out, someone would get over there, and we'd trap the catfish <laughs> under the rock. And I'd reach in there and get my hands behind there. You know, you can feel the, that little sticker sticking out and you can feel it and you get your you get these two fingers on one side and get your thumb on the back side grab him by the head and suck him out of there and drop him in a croaker sack anybody know what croaker sack it's a burlap sack and just sit there and, and and start we got people fishing up there and they've been fishing for an hour and they're not caught and i'm over there pulling fish out and dropping them in a bag and we're watching for the game warden because you're going to run like crazy when he comes down the hill I don't know how why I told you all that, but anyway, somebody tell me why I told that story because I, yeah, I was talking about Justin. He left. <laughs> Big baby, where'd he run to? So Romans 10, 8 what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised you from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, when I get someone to read that, this is kind of the way they do. They go, if I confess in Jesus, I'll be saved. And then I'll read with a heart you believe to righteousness, mouth confessions made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will never be ashamed. I said, and I don't ask them, do you believe? I tell them they do. You believe that, don't you? You believe that, don't you? I'm not giving them, they're not saying no to me. You believe that, don't you? You, re, you, you Let's pray. Not, do you want to pray and be born again, go to heaven? Everybody in their right mind wants to go to heaven. Are you serious? Now, sometimes I grab their hand and pray with them no matter whether they want to pray or not. Because, they're, because we've already got a child of the devil sitting there, and the devil's had him bound, and, I'm, and I've, got him, I've got him close enough to grab him around the gills and put him in a gunny sack, and I ain't turned him loose. Do you know how many people I've been at work and we've just been sitting around talking about everything from sex to dope and we talk about Jesus? And that girlfriend of mine, she didn't run off with another guy. You know, a na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. And somehow or another we're going to end up talking about, well, what about you, Morgan? Well, I don't have that problem. My girlfriend loves Jesus. I don't have that problem. If you went to church, well, I went to church one time. I didn't go. The people are hypocrites. No, they're not. Let me show you what it says in John 3, 16. Every subject from dope to cars ends up at John 3, 16. 
The answer to everything is John 3.16. I'm just showing, this is not all that hard. But you need, you need to know, those are four scriptures, and you just need to mark them and keep a Bible around you and get in the habit of using. If you don't do it, you'll never get any good at it. You say, what if I bomb? Well, they're going to hell anyway. Why would you be worried about it? I mean, let me tell you, uh, let me tell you how I, let me tell you how I deer hunt. 100% of the shots I don't take are misses. When you don't shoot, that's a guaranteed miss. You, what I might miss, but I might hit it. I'd rather shoot and miss than not shoot. Y'all are wonderful. Y'all are so much fun. You know how many people I talk to about the Lord? I mean, I, I talk to all kinds of people and it, for, at first, and I, and I never made connections. And then I heard all their crazy statements, and I didn't know what to say. And I went home and studied what they said. After a while, I found out they all say the same thing. All Roberts, I'm good. My mother's a Baptist. And they all have the same story. Y'all all must have the same mother. <laughs> that is true. Now, let's say, for instance, that we've led them to the Lord, or they just need a little bit more. Go to first, go to third, first John 5. First John 5. Oh, I need to show you one more thing. Let me, let me show it to you in this Bible. This is what I call my witnessing Bible. In the book of John, John has a lot to say about eternal life, doesn't he? The whole book of John's about eternal life. I went through the book of John and I took a red ink pen and underlined every scripture in the book of John that says life or eternal life or everlasting life. Every scripture in red. I don't have all the other scriptures marked, only eternal life scriptures. I want to, you say, well, do you memorize all those scriptures? N no, I don't. I don't need to. They're red. My red, not his red. But I have found out, and, and you'll know this if you've been around me very long, there's a lot of scriptures I don't know in the Bible, but I know which ones are yellow and green. That's the one I'm preaching on today. And, and I, know that, I know it's over there. Yes. And you hear Mark quoting them and you hear me reading them because I don't know them as good as he does, but I know to, where to find it. But that's why I need a physical Bible, and that's why I carry one around in my pocket all the time, because without it... Now, I know John 3.16 and Romans 10.9.10. I know enough of those. But the same thing's true with this Bible right here. You'll notice... Now, now there's a little difference in this Bible. Everything green is Holy Ghost. So I'm talking to you and trying to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't have to wonder. I just started Luke 10, and it's got a little number beside it, and it takes me over to Acts 2, and then it takes me to Cornelius' house, and then it takes me over. You understand, I've already got enough markings in here to be able to sit with you and talk to you about being filled with the Holy Ghost. 
So eternal life's always red, Holy Ghost is always green. The devil's oh, faith is always black. Faith in God. You know, have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty three, black ink. He told the woman, your faith made you well. That's black ink. So I really don't have to memorize all these things. I just need to have my Bible with me and make sure that all the colors hadn't run together like in this one. But John, 1 John 5, it says, this is the record God gave us eternal life. And the life is in his son. He that has the son has life. He that hath not the son of God has not life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. These are the things I've written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you'll know you have eternal life, that you'll believe on the name of the Son of God, and this is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, that's another color because it's prayer. Okay, thank you all. Let's look at another one here. Luke 16. Let's go over there. How are we doing for time? Oh, doing great. Luke 16. Now, now is when I start getting real serious with someone, and this is when... Someone has said, I want to know, and I'm not going anywhere, show me. That's another breed. That's not the give you two scriptures because that's all I'm going to get to show you. We're at work, and, you know, you've had people that go, uh, yeah, 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 that's fine. Uh, see you later. Yep. Well, those are the people I want to at least read one scripture to them because yeah. I'm going to give you one scripture. Next week, I'm going to give you one more. And now I'm going to start praying for you that you'll slow down long enough to listen to two scriptures. Or God will give me the wisdom. Now, this is where I go when I've, and I've had people, I used to be the resident manager of an apartment complex. And because my house was full of peace, people would come to pay rent and sit on my couch all day. And I'm like, why are you sitting on my couch? Well, it's peaceful here. So, well, don't you have a house? Nah, it's not peaceful there. Well, that means you want me to read a Bible to you. You see, you've slowed down. And you have people that when you're talking to them and reading, they're not leaving. This, this is the, you're fixing to pull this fish in. This is a definite. So Luke 16, and this is the story of the rich man in hell. And you need to know what's in your Bible, and you need to know how to explain it. First of all, there's a heaven, and there is a hell, and you don't want to go to hell. People that don't know Jesus, they do go to hell, and you need to think about it. We're almost afraid to tell a lost person that there is a hell. Why, why not? They want to tell us that their boy's a girl. And they're cramming their beliefs down everybody's throat. Why don't we cram a few of our own? Well, I could go political any moment now, but I'll tell you, I'm just. Anyway, so I, this is where I usually go when I have somebody I need to sit with them and talk to them for a few minutes about what it really means to be born again. I've read John 3.16 and they're sitting there going, yeah, I get that. I believe in Jesus. I prayed that prayer, but I mean, my whole life. There was a certain rich man clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day, and a certain beggar named Lazarus laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass the beggar died and was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. 
The rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lifted his eyes, being in torment, seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. My first question when I'm talking to someone, what is hell? They don't know. They've never given it thought. Christians don't think of it. Nobody ever thinks about it. What is, what, what's hell? Well, that's where the devil lives. He don't, the devil's never been there. As a matter of fact, he's fighting like crazy right now to keep from going. He's never been in hell. Well, what is hell? Hell is the absence of God. What is God? What is God? God is love. What's the absence of love? They say hate. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. You ever think about eternal, eternal, a place where there's zero love forever? Hell. You never die. You never sleep. You never drink. You ever think about the fact that the screaming never ends? What is heaven? When it's everything good. What's hell? Exactly the opposite. Now, I've had people look at me and go, yeah, we're going to go down to hell and have a party. No, you're not either. You'll never talk to another person down there. They're too busy screaming. It's 100% selfishness. It's 100% dark. It's 100% hot. It's 100% no water. It's 100% devil. It's 100% hell. And you can't make up your mind whether you want to go or not? What's wrong with you? Now, if you, if you, if you want to spend some time thinking about this for a while, you need to look at a person and say, how much would you pay to get out? Well, I'd give anything to get out. And why are you crying about a tithe? I'm going to go down to that church all I want my money. Really? You'd go to hell for 10%? I mean, you need to stop and think about what it's like to be a sinner because they're all stupid. They're stupid. They're stupid people. We're on our way to hell. <laughs> That's stupid. In hell, he lifted his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham. and says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. And I stop and say, why did he want water? Well, always the same thing. I told God, well, people in hell want ice water. I said, well, if you were in hell, what would you want? I'd want out. What kind of water was he talking about? Just, you, you don't need to quote scripture to them. You don't need to turn to the Bible. They'll believe you. When Jesus is at the woman at the well and he says, if you drink this water, it would be a well in you, spring it up into everlasting life. I said, the life of God is one drop of, of life on your tongue would bring you out of hell. I said, that's how Jesus came out of hell. He died on the cross and went into hell. And the, and the Holy Ghost came down and put one drop of zoe on his tongue. And he came out. One drop of zoe on your tongue and you will not go to hell. Do you want a drop of zoe on your tongue? Oh, yeah, I'd like a drop of Zoe. His name is Jesus. Now, see, there's a lot of time. You you know, you have to study to talk to people. You can't just hope. 
I don't know whether I ever know how to lead it by the Lord. I ain't never done it and I don't know how. Well, why haven't you at least learned? I mean, you don't have to be a, 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 a Shuttlesworth, but you could at least be a Christian. And, and know enough Bible. I want you to think about this for a minute. What would you do if you found out that I'd been going to the airport and studying aviation for 20 years and never flown a plane? I'll tell you what, I've been studying aeronautics. I know all about weight and balance. I know all about meteorology. I know all about, I know all about the lift on a wing and drag. I can give you the formula for how much area of lift we need on a wing and how much plane we can lift and fly off. You ever flown? Well, no. I've sat in one. I flew with a friend once. I was on Delta twice. Come on, I'm preaching really good. What, what kind of a person goes to aeronautic school and never even fires up an airplane and at least does touch and goes at the airport? What kind of Christian goes to church every Sunday and you've never led anybody to the Lord? Why? Come on, y'all. I'm, I'm picking on you real good. I am picking on you. You've been in aviation school and you've never even led anybody to the Lord. You've never, you've, you've been sitting here with the Bible open for 20, 30 years and you've never led anybody to Jesus? Why, why do you think he gave you the Holy Ghost so you could be a witness? You, you have a swimming pool and you've never swam in it. Something's wrong. You got a car and you walk. Something's wrong. I'm intimidating you now, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Romans 4. How are we doing for time? We're good. This is a bonus scripture. I'm going to give you another bonus. Now, I'm going to get into why I know what I know. I don't know what I know because I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor because of what I know. I don't know it because I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor because I know it. If you knew it, he might make a pastor out of you. You never know. But when I got born again, I knew John 3.16. That's it. The rest of this book, I had no idea what any of it. I would pick it up and read it and go, I don't know where to start. I, what, oh, my God, what's that mean? What's that mean? I was just lost as a goose in a snowstorm. And I'd go in a field at night and go, some, help me, help me. And that's when he started telling me stories. And then he'd give me a scripture and I'd go find it. And he started teaching me the Bible. And, and when he told me 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'd never read it. I, I had never read that scripture. I didn't even know it was in there. First scripture he ever taught me. Other than John 3, 16, I knew that one. And I would read things and go, oh, what's that mean? And what's that mean? And what's that mean? Now, Romans 5, let's go to Romans 4, 25. You mark this one, mark this one in your Bible because you're going to want it. You're going to want to be able to read it to someone and show them. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If people you're sitting around talking to, show them this scripture. It's, one scripture is powerful. He was delivered for my sins, offenses, and raised for justification. What does that mean? What does that mean? He went to the cross in your place for your sin. 
But how do we know that God said yes to the, to the cross? Because he raised him when he accepted the sacrifice and his resurrection means God has accepted you. So he died for your sins, but he was raised to make you right with God because of Jesus. Not because you did anything. Now, you understand, most preachers have never read that scripture. Much less sinners. And you sit and read that to someone and they go, I've had people look at me and go, I have never heard any of this in my whole life. That's what got me reading my Bible. I, when I got born again, I was a little bit mad for a while. Why have I never heard this? I watched Billy Graham. I watched Oral Roberts. I went to, I went to training union. I went Easter and Christmas. I can't remember anybody ever telling me how to be born again. I don't remember anybody. I heard people say, you're going to go to hell. And I went, yeah, I, I know. That's not, called good, that, uh, that's not good news. <laughs> it's not gospel. I don't remember anybody ever opening up a Bible and saying, can I show you something? You know, the people that I'm talking to, to you about, Omar Walker, you understand, we got a Black Panther sitting there in front of me, and we're sitting around on concrete blocks, and I opened up that Bible to John 3.16, and I said, read it. Read it, Omar. Omar, you're not going to hell because you smoked dope. You're going to hell because you said no to Jesus. And I know you believe in him, don't you? He goes, I do. I said, let's pray. Folks, listen, you don't need to be in, in church I have my best conversations when I'm not in church because at least they talk normal. When I, were, when I shot competition pistol, a guy, a guy made a statement. He said, um, what we need to do to win the tournament is to say three Hail Marys. <laughs> do you know what he said to me? Tell me about Jesus. Y'all didn't get a word of that. And I said, well, I said, um, most Catholics aren't even born again Christians. It hadn't done them any good to say, oh, Mary, why would he do you any good? Now, what do you think happened when I said that? I got about five, six, seven people that came around me to hear what I just said. I'm not in church. I said, do you go to heaven because you're Catholic? No, I, I thought so. You go to heaven, you go to heaven because you're Baptist. My mother's Baptist. I went to church once. I said, well, "What's Christian?" And they go, "Someone who believes in God." I said, "Well, Satan believes in God." Now you know I've got their attention because they've never they've never heard anybody ever. Most people don't ever talk about Jesus outside of four walls. You walk out and go. I promise not to offend you. I promise to offend you. But I'm not offending you just to offend you. I, w I really want you to know. And I can't tell you how many people I've sat with. Remember the story I told you about the, the fig tree and the woman with the, with the shredded coconut? That night we went down and did the Jesus film and Joe Hurston preached the gospel. 
And I'm looking at a bench full of 80 to 90-year-old people that didn't raise their hand. And when Joe got through praying his prayer, I said, Joe, can I give a second altar call? And he goes, whatever you want to do, I don't care. And just stopped what I did, and I walked over there, and I just leaned on the bench. And I said, I noticed that um, all of y'all didn't raise your hand when he asked to pray. Are you Christians? And they said, we go to church. I said, I didn't ask you that. I'm not, I'm not trying, he just gave an altar call and they had no idea what he said. But I'm watching the crowd and these four didn't get saved and, and I'm, I'm not leaving. And I opened up my Bible and I read John three sixteen and I Romans 10 and I said, let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life and believe he died on the cross, rose to the dead? And they all said, no. I said, well, let's do it. And they went, okay. They're not being rebellious. They're ignorant. But you, are y'all following where we're going tonight? I want you to understand people are asking, everywhere we go right now, they're asking, why is the world in this mess? Why is God allowing this? Why? And they don't know. They don't know. And we do. do. Do you know enough to answer their question? This, what I just shared with you, just, if you just learn four scriptures, four, you can get everybody you know born again. If you can't, well, then come back and we'll teach you four more. But really, there's no reason for you and I not to at least study enough to know who Jesus is and how to share him. We're not, I'm not trying to be arrogant with people or ugly with people, but, but you've got to be able to handle their, their questions and, and, and work around the, the Oral Roberts, the Billy Grahams, the my mother's saved, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I, you, know, I don't, you know, that kind of thing. Now, I don't have time to do this tonight, but the next one that people say is I'm mad at God. Most people are mad at God because the church told them God killed somebody in their family. And I hate those movies. I hate them. Christian movies have sent more people to hell than drugs. Well, that's a hard thing for you to hear, and I know that you didn't like me saying it. But you don't get up there and say, God, uh, no, you don't spend the whole movie blaming God for killing somebody and then tell him at the end, we just trust him anyway. You can't get any stupider than that. That's just stupid. I wouldn't trust him if he killed somebody in my family. I ain't going to heaven when you killed my mother. You killed my dog. You killed my cat. You, even John Wick knows better than that. Never mind, some of y'all, that went right over your head. How are we doing tonight? I don't have the scripture in my head right now, but she asked a good question about. Let's go over what she just asked. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Does faith 
Does the Bible shed light? Then get your homosexual scriptures and get one because they're not going to sit for two. And read it. Where is it? Where's the one? Put it on the screen. What is it, Lisa? Do you not know that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, nor sodomites. Now, listen to what I'm going to share with you right now. This is huge. What she just said is huge. When you're talking to somebody, have you got, do you know what to open to and say, read it? And then you need to add, God don't want you in hell. Satan does. And your lifestyle may not be causing it because you're dead. But because you're dead is why you have this lifestyle. If without Jesus, you're going. But if you choose homosexuality over Jesus, you'll definitely burn in hell for eternity. And you go, well, I could lose my job. Wow, that's another subject. Why are we supporting businesses and places in our community that are anti-God? Why don't you just start your own business? Why don't you go, why don't we get together and start creating businesses where Christians own them and can get up and go to work? I don't, I don't mean that we shouldn't be around sinners. You should be around sinners. But if, you, if you're going to compromise your faith to, for a paycheck, I won't. Now, some of y'all may not be able to hear that. I'm not talking about cramming the Jesus down people's throat. But I'm talking about you sitting there and you're going to, I'm going to share it with you and so you can get born again. Now, if they come up to you and say you're fired, you say, can I have a word with you before you do? And I want you to open up your Bible and walk in your boss's office. And I want you to say, well, it's obvious you're not saved either. So before I go, at least make my being fired worth it. I'm going to tell you what I did. This lady's gay, she asked me, and I don't want her to go to hell. And I'm being fired for this. And you are too. And I love you enough to tell you that if you don't turn to God and make Jesus Lord, all eternity in hell isn't worth this job you have. How many more people are you going to fire because they differ with you on things that the Bible calls right versus wrong? When are you going to get a backbone? What do you have to lose? You're being fired. (laughs) Wow. Now, what Angie said a while ago, Angela, she told me one day, it's Angela. Sorry about that. There are scriptures I don't memorize, Lisa. Lisa's dealt with this subject more than I have, and she's got those logged away. But when I'm at work and someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer, I just go, I'll get back with you. There's a hundred ways, but I'm telling you, the, the most powerful thing you'll ever do to a lost person is read a scripture to them and let them see it in the Bible. Because that scripture goes in them, and they never forget it. They may not sleep for a month. I'm at a funeral once, and I've got a family member who's homosexual. I didn't say anything about homosexuality. I didn't say anything about anything. It was my mother's funeral. 
And I didn't do it. I didn't do the funeral. They didn't ask me. They may have had reasons for that. But they said, when I get to say something, it's my mother's funeral. I said, you know, if it wasn't for my mother, I'd be in hell. That's all, that's all I said. Well, this person who's gay lost it. You said, I'm going to hell? I didn't say that you're going to hell. Oh, yeah. And they want you to shut up because they don't want to hear it. I don't know whether y'all understand that. That's called being a coward. Are y'all all right? That's all I said. I'm sure glad if that had been for my mother, I'd have gone to hell. And she prayed me out of hell, and I'm now a born-again Christian. I know Jesus, and I'm pastoring a church, and I thank God for my mother. Amen. Well, this girl has a meltdown because she has a girlfriend. And she screamed from Virginia all the way to Georgia about it. I wasn't there, but I heard about it. Don't think that your light don't shine, honey. It shines. I go to funerals, I always talk about heaven and hell and Jesus. And I have people sitting around. <laughs> Never mind. Do you know enough Bible right now to get someone born again? Yes. You know that you know that. Okay, good. Now, I want you to do something. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Christians should study more about helping other people. That's what love is. Do I know enough to help you? Do I know enough to help you? You don't have to know everything. But you keep running into the same issue constantly. And when you do, pick this up and go find the answer. And be ready to go. Well, you asked me something last week. I'd like to answer your question and let me read a scripture to you. Don't read 20. Don't argue. My pastor said our church believes. That's, that's dead that's dead wood. Read it. Say, this is what we believe. This is what I believe. Now, the worst thing you can do is look at them and say, or the best thing you can do. Let's say they don't receive anything you say. And you stop right there and go, well, first of all, thanks for letting me read the scripture to you. May I pray for you? I, I, I've never had anybody say no. And I don't pray they'll be born again. Heavenly Father, I've shared the word of God. Don't let this soul go to hell. I'm asking you to send someone else across their path and open up their eyes to the good news. I love you. Thanks for letting me share the word with you. People aren't accustomed to that. I've been in a restaurant before and people walk up and say, pray for me. And I go, well, come here. Not here. Waitress, come up. Pray for me. Okay, give me your hand. Here? Yeah. Right here, right now. Everybody's watching. Ah, they're not. They're eating. What they're, what they're doing is they're saying it out of religion. Pray for me. They don't think you're going to walk up and grab their hand and really pray. Father, heavenly God, Father, help them out. If they don't know the Lord, bring them back to Jesus. Father God, build a fire on the inside of them. Satan, you can't have this soul. You can't have this lady in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Father, show, you, show her how much you love her. 
give a revelation of your goodness and your mercy on her. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a good day. I mean, what would happen if we started living like the Bible were true? Is this okay? Did I go too shallow for y'all tonight? I, w- I want to build, a, I wanna build a, a, at least enough people in a church. Someone says to me one time, says, well, you know, you're not a soul winning church. Yeah, we are too. The harvest is not in here. Some Sundays it is. There, go, you, you're, you go. My job is to teach you to be a doer of the Word of God and be, a, be an ambassador. And, and they ought to never get in this church. They ought to get saved before they ever walk through those doors. If they don't and, you, and we miss a few fish, we'll get them saved in here. We did with Rosa. She swam in. No one got her born. She just swam in like a, like a salmon swimming upstream. She's jumping every rock in the foyer to get in here. There's other people in here that have, that have gotten in and weren't born again and they've gotten saved. But it's not, a, it's not a degrade on my end, the fact that we don't have 40 people saved every Sunday. Because I'm not talking to, to sinners, I'm talking to Christians every Sunday. Church. That's my philosophy. Are you all ready? Because I'm going to pray for you all. Father God, I just opened up my Bible and showed everybody in this room and we talked about the fact that people around us need Jesus. That is your heart. That is exactly what you're waiting for. Boy, I wish I was in Ukraine right now. I'd be running around getting people born again. Wherever I go outside of this church. But these people, they get up every day, they go to work. I don't mean they need to walk around and start trying to get everybody they meet born again. But I'm asking you that there's people in their life and they know who they are. And, and they need to pray for them right now. That Satan will get off of them. That you will draw them to yourself. And that they need to ask you for an opportunity to sit with them. And share the word and pray with these people. And not to just allow them to keep going. The answer to everything they're going through is Jesus. They don't know it. They've heard it, but they've never had anybody just show them scripture. And I pray that we as a church become very conscious of the harvest around us in Jesus name and everybody said can I tell you a story real real fast when I was in Tulsa and the Lord said to me and I'm going to be real quick I was praying about my ministry and he said well your boss is not saved ministry is not a place ministry is people you're in ministry all the time you're not waiting to get somewhere you're there God's got the harvest all around you right now. Ask the Lord to use you to help people. If you don't know the answer, just stop and say, let me pray. That's, that's, that's more than most people are doing. Say, well, let me read a scripture, whatever you want to do. But start learning right now. If you don't know how, if I've intimidated you a little bit, just begin. Just begin. Like I said, you can't screw it up. You can't read a scripture and it screws them up. That just ain't happening. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a great night. Next Wednesday night, we're going to have another why. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. 
and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing it helps keep all these messages free you can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time